Inspire Instructor podcast where the learning never stops. Welcome you wonderful people and thanks for listening to Inspire Instructor Training podcast. It's now only 11 days till the launch of our amazing new venture. Inspire Instructor Training will be bringing you live Zoom sessions, jam-packed online training courses and a mentorship package which will be all you need in CPD and to become the best instructor you can be. Along with Decalion and Diana, I cannot wait to bring this awesome opportunity to all of you. And to kickstart, we'll be offering the first 50 members 50% off. So what have I got in store for you today? Well, we've got two top trainers from Knowledgeable Instructor Training, Mick Knowles and Lee Jowett. They bring their knowledge, passion, and humor to the podcast. We discuss was the trainer aware of the surroundings and the pupil's actions? We also dig into the GDE matrix and how you can implement that on your lessons. And as always, hang around till the end to hear both of their top tips. Okay, off we go and on to the show. So I'd like to welcome Mick Knowles and Lee Jarrett from Go Roadies CPD Provider of the Year 2022 Knowledgeable Instructor Trainer. So, hi guys. Hello, hi, Phil. Phil. How are you doing? You, you can you can pay me later for the uh, for the plug. Uh, <laughs> you got the names the wrong way around. <laughs> I'm certain you'll get it in again later on during this podcast. If not, we definitely will. <laughs> yeah, at least I got at least I got the name right. Um, so. <laughs> was it you was it you that got misnamed or was it the other was it uh... oh it was me yeah was it the only other lee in the industry apparently um so yeah yeah you're not going to be able to get that like one name status with with, now being there unfortunately no um so guys i I normally kick off the podcast trying to um like finding out your origin stories um, and how you got into the industry. Um, but because there's two of you, that will just take way too long. So what what I actually want to do is get into knowledgeable instructors' origin story. So like, how did you two like come together? How did this marriage happen, basically? And <laughs> marriage? <laughs> yeah, didn't you know? <laughs> yeah lee did it in secret um so I'm yeah married once and that's enough <laughs> so how, how did this the, you guys come together how did knowledgeable instructor trainer come 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 together and come about um i was bored one sunday picked the phone up and phoned a random number and lee answered it <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> no in, in all honesty um what happened was it was uh september 2021 20, 21 yeah um and b had just been scrapped which is a big part of my um, business um or it was one of my businesses so that was folded overnight more or less um i was still doing instructor training and i've still done fleet work and learners but i needed something to fill the void i didn't want to take on more learners um, I knew Lee. We were both trainers at Tri Coaching, um, and I messaged Lee. I think we, we we were also admin on one of the Facebook groups that I run at the time, um, so we, we you know we knew each other. And I just um, messaged him and said I need to chat. Um, phoned him up, told him what my plans were, what my thoughts were, uh, and it, it was like a, it was like a proposal because straight away he went yes, yes. <laughs> 
And then mm. I think it was about ten days later when we 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 met. At, um, How is so... your knee? How is your knee now? <laughs> it's been, <laughs> still, still got the friction burn on it from being held down. Um, I think it was about ten days later we met. Um, this sounds a bit serious. We met in some hotel in Leeds. <laughs> and, and we that's when we put the you know the plans into motion and came up with um uh, our, our sort of plans and our goals for the next probably about three five years i think sort of thing three to five years mm. so long long-term plans short-term plans medium and uh yeah and did that and um came up that i think more or less that day with a date of when we're gonna launch um we didn't want to launch straight away because we wanted to to sort of get get things in motion, get things in place. Um, so we gave ourselves about six months to do that. And then uh, launched on the 1st of April 2022 uh, and delivered our first workshop on the on the 10th of June that year, which just so happened to be both of our wedding anniversaries, not to the same person, though. <laughs> <laughs> There's a marriage theme going on here, actually, already, yeah. isn't there? So, yeah, that was it, mate. Fair enough. Um, I'm going to make you be nice here, maybe. Um, so what made you choose Lee? Because there's plenty of trainers in the industry. Random phone number. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's about the nicest thing he's probably ever said to me, to be fair. <laughs> um, uh, I think from from when we first met at one of the tri-coaching events, we sort of hit it off. Um, there were sort of three or four of us that um that used to that, that got on and still do get on really well. Um but Lee was the closest one. Um I don't know really. I think because see the two as well were admins on on the group as well. Um but Lee was the first one that I brought on. So um I just and I just sort of thought, you know, Lee would be the the sort of the one that sounds wrong, doesn't it? You know what I mean? At least the one. Really, yes, yeah. But yeah, yeah uh, we just <laughs> yeah. we we just um <clears throat> yeah, we just sit it off and uh, we we sort of um uh we, we get on we we um bat things off each other all the time um yeah and 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 then you know we we got married on the same day, different years, so that was it. That was a seal <laughs> there. That was it. <laughs> Are you sure mm. it wasn't three to her? Um, <laughs> no, I can relate to that. Um, in I we I've just recently started this process with Inspire and Structure Training, and and I can relate to that sort of need in that rapport, and and, mm. and you have to get on with with the people people you work, work mm. with, um, and you can see that the two of you have a similar sense of humor and and, and stuff that that works works really well. Um, so Lee, what we so obviously Mick came up with this like boom, and we need to do this. What were you doing, Lee? Before that, did you have ideas like this? So when he came to you, it was like actually, I'm thinking the same sort of kind of vibe. I was, um, I was just like carrying mixed books around and things like that at the time, and just getting him his dun- his dinner and 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 sorts of things like that. And uh, um, no, we both uh, <laughs> we were both um, training our trainers for try coaching. Um, we just. Yeah, we spoke all the time anyway. We probably didn't speak that much less than we speak now. Um and um and it kind of made it kind of logical sense. Um 
in that I um I'd been trying <clears throat> for um probably probably about two years to start something in terms of my own courses and um development with um particular um person in my local area because looking at it logically i thought i never thought of of having a business partner you know certainly not that's a leeds fan but on uh, the right side of the pennines that was yeah that was um so i tried and 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 discussed and and um considered and actually kind of sort of set something up but it just never ever ever um came to fruition because um i think like obviously mick and and um <laughs> a lot like me is that you know um we plan things and we do them um and you know um we put we put work into to you know get things in place so it was good because um it meant that um things you know we we met and we agreed a date and we met and then we put things down on paper and then suddenly we had plans um and we had dates to work towards and so that all made the process work where it hadn't sort of worked previously so um i think long story short yes similar plans um i was thinking more locally um for whatever reason i think probably wrongly because you don't need to be um and um particularly given our business model which is to sort of go to places face to face travel etc so um yeah it just works yeah so what what i'm hearing there is mick chose you and you chose someone else but <laughs> 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 The story of my life. <laughs> That's why well, he gets the fair, bad views in the hotels. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair with that, um, that goes back to probably before um, before I'd met Mick, to be fair. Um, and just, um, it was, you know, someone local that I thought would be good because they had um, quite, or they've got quite a big presence in my local area. And I was looking at things locally. And developing a presence locally rather than nationally, but when Mick contacted um, me and said, and said that, I just thought it makes sense. <clears throat> Actually, makes a lot more sense um, because you know, even if we just focused on the north, it's a huge, it's a much more bigger um, sort of uh, catchment area. But um, yeah, we just we just focused on the old country. So, of course, it made sense. <laughs> it came from my brain. <laughs> Um, so I'm just like obviously working as a partnership and this is maybe a selfish question for me because I'm going into a similar sort of kind of thing um, what do you guys see the benefits of being together rather than maybe you doing this separately on your on your own uh, great question um, we we can achieve more mm. um, we can um, support one another push one another um Make sure Lee's on time for things. <laughs> not doing a good job of that, are you? <laughs> yeah, you don't, you're not too bad today. 15 minutes late, that's not bad. 
Um, but yeah, that, that's that's yeah, getting better. That's that's it really. I, I think that we we just support each other and buy ideas off each other. Mm. Yeah, you know, it, it's that thing of if you're on your own and you have an idea, you come up with that idea, and then in the back of your mind, you get that oh, that imposter syndrome kicks in. Can I really do that? Can I? I'm not sure whether I can do that. Where <laughs> we we often send each other texts and it's. <laughs> the one that Lee's laughing already because he knows what's coming. I've got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> and we think, oh shit, what are we doing now? <laughs> so then the phone call comes in and it's, uh, yeah, I've got, yeah, great. Yeah, that's good. We can do that. We'll do it slightly different like this so we can pass ideas off on each other like that. Um, so yeah, that's that's really good. Um, but don't nick our catchphrase of I've got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have ideas. It's fine. It's it um, always it's always followed by a by a uh, an emoji as well, a, a, a LOL emoji, because <laughs> we know what's coming next. More work. <laughs> so who's the pie in the sky, and who's the person that goes? No, we we need to be like brings it down to like let's be realistic about this. So because I think both are both are good traits. Um, because you you have to kind of have that. You have to have those pie in the sky ideas, mm. and then you need someone who. I don't know, maybe put like can put it into how how's that going to work, sort of kind of vibe. I think we both do that, don't we? Yeah, I think when it's my idea, it's Mick, and when it's Mick's idea, yeah. it's me, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, there isn't a lot that we come up with where we go, um, yeah, no, that can't work. We're kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, that's oh yeah. So and then we bat it off each other, and we tend to come up with. Um, something that's a little bit better than it was in the original yeah. idea, sort of thing. Um, yeah, just the occasional thing. Like we've got a, quite a big idea in mind, but it might be might not come to fruition for about twelve months. We've got another one that probably won't be t- for twenty four months. So I was thinking um, what you meant then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but. Um, that 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 helps as well because sometimes you think oh we could do that we could do it in like oh do it then and then you know i'll put something to mickey we're like yeah but don't forget we've got this this and this to do and it's going to take time to oh yeah yeah i have to just put that on the back burner a little bit then yeah, 10 year plan yeah. i can see that happening like you just you have so many ideas and and you, you forget that you 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 have to have time to implement these things, yeah, implement yeah. these things because the way the way my brain works, it's just, and I said this the other day, didn't I? I, I uh, said, you know what my brain's like? I'll come up with an idea and I've just got to say it there because I'll forget. Mm. I've been doing some fleet work today and something came to me during the fleet work. Um, so I um, asked some questions, um, oh. did a bit of digging, and then phoned Lee up on the way back. And um, uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> Something else that might be happening, some you know, another another idea. Um, yeah, it's just like that. It's just yeah, random, random, random thoughts come into your head. Don't and if you don't. The thing is, if you don't pursue them, if you don't chase them, you won't. You'll never do it. Mm. Whereas if you can, if you've got something that you can, <clears throat> and I've I've wrote a blog on this up for Kit Mag. If you've got if you've got an idea, yeah, don't ask someone who's negative because they'll just chin you off. No, don't do that. It'll never work. But ask ask somebody who you, who you confide in, who's who's 
who's, who's a positive person. Get rid of the negative people because they won't help you. But confide in a positive person or, or just do it yourself. Find a way of doing it. And, and and with you know with us we just we 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 come up with an idea we tell you the one and then we throw it around the room and come out with a like Lee said with a, a slightly different version of it that's hopefully better. Yeah, no, I I agree with that, and I, and I'm I'm the same. I don't I don't listen. To, if someone tells me I can't do something, it, one that just makes me want to do oh, it more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, I I don't think I'd ever listen to that person because if if it's a flat out you can't do it, I'm like, but but why? Like I need to mm. know. They, I need to know why I'm okay with listening to reason, but um, and and changing the idea and stuff like that. But the, but a flat out no is just sort of that's someone not yeah not trying. I I remember. Um, when I left school, two two things. I left school and, and uh, I was joining the army. I'd already got through all the all the things and everything. And I was um I was training with a rugby team, and this coach turned around to me. I, I was only training with them for a bit of fitness. It was rugby league, and I didn't play rugby league. And this coach of this men's team, and I'm 16 year old at the time, trained with this men's team, turned around to me. He'd never been in the army. He turned around to me, you'll never make it. <laughs> really, <laughs> I went back and showed him. A few years later, um, yeah. Just if people say, "Yeah, you, you you won't make that. You're not good enough." Um, that's that's um, what's it? That's that's like um, fuel like, on the fire. Yeah, that that's the word. Yeah, that's mm. it. Yeah, yeah. And I'll just go and do it. Um, yeah, you know, I've, I've got to do it. Um, you've got to push yourself for it. I think you, you're right. You've got to kind of put yourself out there. Um, I was reading um, a book recently, and they were talking about the most sex- successful businesses. Are the ones that have failed the most yeah. because they failed enough time to find the success. Mm-hmm. So, on that note, guys, then what have your biggest failures been so far? The one thing that stands out to me at the minute is that needs to go, and it's not gone yet. Is um, the uh, the thing that we put in Kit Mag last month? It was always going to either work or not work, and it's not that the thing itself. Um, won't work. It's that the thing we put in kit mag hasn't worked. The thing itself will be fine, but uh, we put something in kit mag to see um if we could achieve something. I want to go too far into it. Um, but today, yes, I would say from hope, expectation, and where we are, yeah, expectation way off hope light years off um where we actually are majorly disappointing yeah and it mm. although you're and I'm, I'm not going to push you on the detail but it's interesting though because that that i think is my point the point is you tried it yes and then you either go do we keep trying this do we change it yes or do we go this clearly isn't going to work it wasn't what we thought it was mm. and we we try something else Yes. Yeah, we we're keeping it. Um, the thing itself isn't isn't. Yeah. It's the thing that we tried to yeah. to do with the kit mag and the because um, we're looking at ways. The, the one thing was that at some point we need to look at ways to monetize kit mag. So it was an idea around that, uh, but without directly monetizing the magazine. Um, and all I'd say is at this point, majorly disappointing. In well, my, opinion. we're only ten days in. Still, so in fact, I lied. Thirteen days in, oh, I yeah. Check the date. Majorly so th- disappointed. Yeah, with with in thirteen my days in, 
but you know it might it it, it might it might kick in. It won't be what point. I hoped it would no, be. No. But it, it was always it was always a possibility. I wouldn't have said it was one hundred percent certain that it, but it was an idea and it was something that we give a shot to and it was definitely worth a shot. But if I was looking at one thing to pick on so far, and we'll have other things. There will mm. be oh, yeah. I've no doubt there'll be some things that we do that we look at and we, you know, uh, oh we've there's been a couple of other things, but they were done for various different reasons like we did an additional in car day and added on to the workshop <laughs> and the one place we sold it was the furthest place away from <laughs> like yeah the one place you probably wouldn't want to have sold a play if you'd if we'd have picked the, if we'd have looked at the dates and the venues said pick one of them where you hope somebody doesn't buy one it was the one place that somebody did <laughs> yeah that was um in fact, that was Exeter, Phil. Okay. Um, so, so we had to get down Exeter early so Lee mm. could do this and I could sit in the hotel and do some work. <laughs> next to me. Uh, so, yeah. um, but that we had there was reasons for that though that were different as well. Yeah, so, yeah. there's nothing that you know overly stands out as makes me think, well, that's that's failed. But that's not to say nothing ever will. Um, yeah. The thing is. You've got to try these things, and and failure is just the first rung on the on the ladder to success. You know, if you if you fail, then learn from it and come back and improve it and make it better. It's it's like it's like failing your part one or your part two, or your part three. If you just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, you're going to keep failing. But if you look at what you've done, what the feedback was, go and get some training around that. You're going to improve if if you take on that information. Um, if you chin it off by well, no, I was it was the examiner's fault that I failed. Well, you're not going to pass the next time. Um, but if you can look at your reasons for it not working and change it and make it better, and that's what that's what we've done. This mm. the, the 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 thing that Lee mentioned about Kitmag, um, it's it's. Kit, the kit mag is thing isn't working. It might work. We might make some changes to it. But the, but the other side that we did is, um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, you don't you don't get anywhere without without trying and without failing. It's like what yeah. you said about Phil um, that book. Um, my business coach that I used to use, um, her business went bust, and the reason I went to her was because she's been there. She's seen and done it and re reinvented the wheel and come out as a business coach. And if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have got to expert to where I got it, to, where I've got it to. And then I wouldn't, wouldn't have probably got knowledgeable to where it is because when me and Lee first met in that hotel and I said, we need to write this down because when it's written down, we're, we're now accountable for it. That came from her. Mm. And that's why I'm sat in my office now. I've got three white screens here with goals. And stuff wrote on it, and that's how that's what I worked to, because it's all written down. So now I'm accountable. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm just trying to think how, like, obviously listening to the instructors and maybe PDIs listening is you obviously they're all not all, but a lot of them might be self-employed, and so from that perspective, like, try things, try different ways of running your business, try different ways of interacting with your learners. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> For those not listening, not watching on video, Lee's dog has just joined the podcast. It's a headless <laughs> dog, though. Where's yeah. his head gone? He's either got a body or a head. When he turns his head round, he's got a head. There's his head look. <laughs> then his body disappears. But yeah, they um, or, or even just you could apply this to how you deliver your driving lessons. Yeah. Like try stuff, and then it, if it doesn't work, like try something else and try something else and, and see see what what works for you, what sticks for you. And I, I I wonder if there's a lot of instructors out there that maybe get stuck in their ways and they're scared to try new stuff. Um, they're, they're scared with these like new ways within the industry. And I, I actually thought about this the other day. We call it the new ways in the industry. It's not new anymore. Oh. It's like I, there's a new, there's a road, I don't nearly called it a new road where I live and it's been there for like 10 years. Mm. <laughs> um, and and this, that's what we call it. We call it the new way in the industry, but it isn't yeah. new. It's been around for years now. Well, yeah, the, the, the new, the, the new, I said, I said itself, the, um, the standards check has been here for nine years. In fact, 10 years in April. Is it two, 10 years? Yeah, 10 yeah, years, in April. years in April. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we still call it the, the new the new standards check, the new way. Yeah. And it's, it's 10 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's just I like that's my advice to 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 PDIs and ADIs out there. Like if they come onto a course like yours or do some mm. training with someone, and it not even have to be that, it's just like they have an idea. Like give it a go. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah, um, tweak yeah. it, change it, try something completely different. But mm. like put yourself out there. It's, it's probably, yeah. Yeah. And we say that to we say that to them on, on the workshop. Um, you know, well, Lee, Lee says it a couple of times to him. Um, you know, the things we give you, try them. You know, take it away, think about it, and try it if you want. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but they will work. They do work. Just got to apply it. Yeah. But also apply, I suppose, apply it in their way because yeah, yeah, everything we talk about as trainers. Yeah, you've got to have that mindset. That personality that, in there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, you've got to have that mindset mm. to to want to try it. Yeah, some people go on training, um, or you talk to some people and they don't want to change and they won't change because they don't want that change. They don't like it. Other people will come on it right. I want to change. What can I change? They've got a different mindset. Yeah. So have that mindset of, I'm going to try it and go away and try it. But don't just try it once. Try it a few times. Yeah. It's not It's not like drinking a cup of coffee. Oh, I don't like the taste of that. I'm not drinking that again. Yeah. It's like drinking beer. I not like that. Yeah. That's all right. The more you have, the better it gets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we won't coffee, mix that in with the driving lesson, though. No, no, no. <laughs> But you know, you're absolutely right. I think people go away and try it once and it doesn't work. And of course it doesn't work because one, you're probably not very good at it at the moment because you're trying it for the first time. So you need to do it enough times. You need to fail at it enough times to become good at it. Um, but also your pupils aren't used to it. You, you've yeah. been sat telling them all, all, all these lessons and you suddenly start asking them questions. Of course, they're going to be shocked and give you I don't knows and stuff like go, who the hell is this person sat next to me? Um, and so you need to do it enough times so they get used to it and, and, and start interacting interacting yeah. with you. I want to move on, guys, to our uh, competency section. Um, so we, we talk about competency every episode until I run out of competencies um, <laughs> or guests. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the competency we're going to talk about today is, was the trainer aware of the surroundings and the pupil's actions? Now, normally, yes. 
<laughs> normally I throw this over to you guys but before I do that I actually want to read out the one sentence in in the ADI one here and actually I find it fascinating that this section in the ADI one is the smallest section it's the mm. least bit but the probably the most important competence, competency mm. um and in the ADI one it says um this lies at the heart of the ADI's professional skill that's like the first sentence in there. Mm. And so they're, saying, they're, they're basically saying to you, this is that you can't do the job if you can't do this competency. Mm. Yet they haven't written very much about it because they're just saying it's a basic skill, I suppose. So guys, what do you think about it? Spot on. What you just said there is it's the, it's the, the, it's the starting point. It's where if you're not doing that, if you're not aware of the surroundings and where, aware of that pupil's actions, then you're not going to be able to do your job. It is where it all starts. Yeah. You know, we've got to be watching that pupil, but also aware of what's going on. True. It sounds like quite a basic one. What? So, Lee, if you had a PDI or someone listening um, who's thinking, I'm struggling with that, because I think as as experienced instructors, it seems like just a... like it, I almost can't not do this sort mm. of thing. Like you, you, we probably all had it when we're sat in the car and not working and you can't not be aware. You can't not watch the person driving, but that's not necessarily the case when you first start out. So what do you, um, like, have you got any techniques or, or games or anything like that, that you implement with your PDIs to help them with this, watching the pupil or watching the surroundings? I think with training to me is, <laughs> that there needs to be a specific purpose and the training needs to work towards that specific purpose. Um, when the majority of PDIs that I see um, have come to me on the second or third attempt, often on the third attempt, um, <clears throat> and I'll see what they're doing um, and often what they're not doing is observing the pupil they're doing a good job of the surrounding areas, um, but they're not doing a good job of observing the pupil. And actually, the reason for that is that I didn't know, like, I've, it's not that they don't know they have to, but they've never done any training around it. Because all the training has been around junctions, um, topics, and levels of instruction. And there's so many facets of observing the surroundings and the pupils actions that if you do a really good job of it you don't need full instruction necessarily <laughs> you don't need that prompt you don't need that question um or you need that question and you didn't need the dual controls etc uh, etc et um what do i do with it what it says on the tin Watch me and tell me what I've not done. Watch me and tell me what I've done. Watch me and tell me all the good things that I've done. And that's important. That's important because we still, as an industry, are too rooted in fault focus. And observing the surroundings and the pupils' actions can actually help to elicit feedback from the pupil around what they've done well it ensures that we know the pupils in control of a situation and we can then, we can all deal with something using our 
working memory so that it's just what we did in the moment and then it's gone because we haven't reflected on it. If we do a really good job of observing the surroundings and the pupil and see what they've done well, we can ensure they learn from what they've done well. <laughs> Guess what's going to be important to them as a driver? The things that they do well, you know? Mm -hmm. Guess what they're going to rely on when they come into difficult situations as a driver when they've passed the test? Ain't going to be the weaknesses. So we need to build up. We need to help them to learn. We need to, but in order to do that, we need to see what they've done. So um, nothing specific in terms of games, um, but certainly lots in terms of just specific focus of the training around that particular skill, just, just lots of it, because I tend to find that it's a massive area that's lacking. And like you said, it is of the 17 competencies, at least in the mind of DVSA. And I don't, I don't personally disagree. Um, I just think there should be maybe a bit more of a focus on human factors and et cetera, but that's not necessarily the competencies faults. It's more the standards and what's omitted from the standards. Um, but it's certainly in terms of them 17, at least the very starting point. If you do a good job of that, you can be quite good or very good at the other 16. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And I almost agree. I, I'm not sure I'd say this is the most important because I think the self-reflections and goal setting is probably more important. But I don't think you can do anything else if you can't do this. That's the, the key. It's like how can you reflect if you if you don't know what you've done or not done? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's the building block. And it's interesting you were saying about how <laughs> you get ADIs, PDIs come to you and they've not had this foundation because they've had that sort of kind of training around topics rather than the skills to become a driving instructor, um, which I've got a question for that in a second, but it's interesting because when I do my training, I, 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 this is one of the most important things that I, I teach when we first get, we first get mm -hmm. in the car is, is being aware, which happens during the part two phase. Um, mm -hmm. it, like when I'm doing part two training with them, this, that that's what we're trying to get this as awareness mm -hmm. about. Um, and then the, and then it's about being able to watch me partly because the first time most of my PDIs teach a pupil, it's in my car and I'm yeah. sat in the back and I want them to be bloody aware yeah, and capable yeah. of stopping the car and keeping us all safe. Um, and so, yeah, for me, that's the fundamental thing. I think we can teach them to teach, but they we're on the road so fundamentally they need to be able to keep them safe um on the road and that and that's this is fundamental in that so just going back to my question about you said about the topics and stuff why, why do you think that's still happening in the industry but i think because um and this is only my opinion i don't know this for certain but um i almost feel like it's because a lot of training companies don't know what else to do like but they need the knowledge that they need and and they do absolutely they do people come to me on the third attempt <clears throat> and they've got work to do but all of the knowledge that they've got the ability to instruct in different levels it's all important but it they're lacking the things that go around the the not, not around the edge but the, the things that wrap it up which are the skills that, that are required i largely feel like 
um, what's missing is the skills and maybe training companies because when you look at um, the old qualification process and you look at the, um, the check test report and what was on there and marry that up with what you see when someone comes to you from training providers, largely, if I'm honest, they're the things that they've done training around. They're the things that they can do. And it might seem like um, as an instructor, obviously you need to be aware of your surroundings and the pupil's actions. But you've got to also bear in mind that anything that we don't do in life, we need to learn to do. <clears throat> I was saying before to a PDI, he was, he was wondering why it's so difficult to just have a conversation with a pupil to break things down really well and, and, and make specific goals. But where else in life do we do that? Where else in life do we sit next to somebody watching what's happening outside the car and paying close attention to what they're doing? And if we don't do it in life, then well, that's something that you're going to need to learn to do. But these things I, I just find generally, and again, I can be wrong, but I see it that many times that I'd be surprised if I am. They just seem to be missing from training providers' um, syllabuses. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a shame because, I, and I wonder if it's the... So you're saying it's you thinking it's it's top down sort of kind of thing. So the the syllabus that they that they're they're offering is the issue, not the trainers on the ground because they're just delivering what they're told to deliver. Maybe a bit of both. Yeah. Uh, um. For for me, for uh, to first of all, top down. I like that. Top down approach. Yeah. <laughs> um. For for me, um, just to go on to what Lee said about training providers. Um, I trained with a national company 13, 14 years ago, okay? Their training is still the same now as it was then. They've just removed PSTs. I know that for a fact, yeah? They're still training the same thing. Now, if you've got... If, if, you, if, if you've got a training company and you've got um, a package, training notes, PowerPoint slides, all the rest of it, that works, but then somebody comes along and changes something, are you going to be able to write a new training package and disseminate that down to all your trainers? Or are you just going to make slight amendments, like taking PSTs out, which is the easiest option? Yeah. If I, turn, if, if, if I had you know, 20 trainers under me, right, and this isn't how I would do it, but this is the way I see it, that, that, that it's probably happened. Um, for me to, to write this package, I'm going to need six months, let's say, to get this package up and running. Then I've got to pass it down to my trainers. That's probably six months of no training or limited training. You know what I mean? I'm, and I'm losing money. Well, I can't do that. I've now just got to. I've got to get the package out. So I'm going to make bare minimum changes, and that's that's what I see has happened for for some of the companies, some of the some of the training providers, um, and some of the trainers. Um, you know, because because they were trained with topics, the trainers then train with topics. 
and that's still happening now. New trainers coming in, trainers that have just people have just qualified, and and they're doing it. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's topics is not a good thing. Um, but just just to go back to the competence that we were talking about as well, um, I've got a couple of of examples of it that I've seen. And we sit in the back of cars many times. And I mentioned um, Bradford syndrome. Um, I I mentioned this on some of our workshops. And Bradford syndrome was... Uh, <laughs> it was a PDI on his final attempt um, for a national company. And he contacted me asking if I could go to Bradford to do some training. It failed twice. One of the... One of the... Um, reports turned around and said that he was a windscreen observer straight away as soon as I read that and it said that in the report as soon as I read that I knew what it meant the second one didn't say that but it alluded to it so I went down to Bradford we had a chat um, asked him what it meant asked him what he thinks he needed to do um, and then we went I observed a lesson um, and the funny thing was, during the lesson, there was a crash in front of us. Not a major crash, just a, a van reversed into a car. That was it. Um, and the lesson finished. And the first thing I said to the PDI was, "What? what's the reason that you're still looking out of the windscreen? You're not observing the pupil, even though you've been told twice already that that's the reason you're failing. You've missed a lot of faults because you're not watching what they're doing. And he turned around to me and went, Mick, this is Bradford, not York. There's crashes here. <laughs> I kid you not. I kid you not. I went, oh, yeah, yes, I remember that. I've never seen one of them before. <laughs> but his thought was that he needed to look out the window to see the windscreen to see what was happening. No, you've got to look, watch that pupil to see how they're dealing with it. Um, another one was the PDI, trained by a national company. Um, 14 laps of a little short repeatable loop, which I encourage to do short repeatable loops, but pull in and discuss, yeah, 14 laps. And all he kept saying all the way around was, you're missing mirrors, missing mirrors, missing mirrors, missing mirrors. Like Lee was saying, fault focused. I was sat in the back watching the learner checking his mirrors. He wasn't paying attention to the learner. He was, but not at the right time. Yeah. Um, so I asked him, why do you think you're not why do you think he's not checking his mirrors? Because he's not. Okay. I asked the, the 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 driver, the learner, I am. How does that make you feel? I'm getting pissed off. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do you want to know what's happening? Yeah. He's checking his mirrors. You're not watching him. So we spoke about just adjusting yourself in the seat. It, it told me that that hadn't been mentioned before. Mm. And I see that quite a lot where, yeah, we've we've had, I came into this industry, uh, God, I thought it would be about my now, 40, 40 something. I can't remember, 42. 40 odd years ago you came into yeah, this. Yeah, I thought yeah. he was going with that. I was like, you're looking yeah. different, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think I was 41, 42, somewhere around about there when I came into this industry. 41, 41, yeah. Right. So I've had, since I passed my test, I've had, oh God, I can't even get 27 years of sitting 
in the driver's seat or in the passenger seat looking out the front windscreen. I've now got to train myself not to mm-hmm. just look there, but to maybe sit at an angle. Whereas what I what I see when I'm sat in the back of the car is a, is a passenger. I see a passenger sat in that seat looking out the front windscreen. And every now and again they do that and they turn their head. Or they get in with all the intentions of watching them and they do this. And, and you know, I've been sat there for about two seconds now and I can feel it on my neck. I'm not going to sit like that for an hour or two hours and do this. But I can do that. I'm just turning my seat slightly. And I've opened that vision up to both places. But you, you sit in the back and you'll see them and they just sat straight forward. Um, so, yeah, similar to you, Phil, I, I, I work on this quite a lot right at the start. And we use, uh, our training is fully integrated, so we're training part two and part three at the same time. So the part two element, which I do first, uh, um, the, the sort of the first hour in it, is then breaking down what they're doing. But then when we swap roles, like Lee said, they're then watching me doing these elements. Yeah, and they're watching me. And, and, and I'm not interested in them looking out of the windscreen because... They can do that anyway. It's like what Lee said about, you know, you've got to train them to do what they're not very good at. And that's watching me. Um, I think one thing I, I, I do with that actually is in that in that way, I actually tell them they're not allowed to look out the front windscreen. So yeah, yeah. First start, like you I, I paint the windscreen black. Road. Yeah. You're not allowed to look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed to look. Not left. really. No. <laughs> You're not allowed to look left and right. You're not. You only yeah. allowed to watch me and what yeah. what I'm doing. And I don't necessarily throw any faults at that point. I just like watch me mm. do it well and watch me check my mirrors and stuff. Um and and then we fo- like start throwing in the timing of then you're allowed to start looking back at the road. And I think yeah, it's definitely yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't get why because I I do get why some of the stuff doesn't happen like the the topic based stuff and things like that because of the the syllabus and stuff, but. I don't get why this isn't at the start of their syllabus. It's like it, mm-hmm. it's before you get into teaching. Is it? I just mm-hmm. yeah, I don't get why that's not drilled in. The, the thing with the topics as well, just just to go back to what you mentioned there, ADI twenty one T. Yeah, we've had the standards set for ten. So that's my dog's barking. We've had the standards set for ten years. The ADI twenty one T has not changed. Yeah, 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 and it's still topic based. Mm. That 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 might be why. Yeah. yeah. You, you might have a new trainer mm. coming in who maybe isn't with a large company and mm. they look at this form they've got to fill out and go, oh, well, okay, this is clearly what I've got to teach them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then they're getting tested on different... yeah, and 17 competencies. Yeah. 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 Why yeah. not change the 21 T? Come on, DVSA, change it. Well, it's said so, for years they're going to. Yeah. 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 I have a final final question before we move on, um, which might split the room because um, <laughs> it splits the industry and it's linked to this competency. So mm-hmm. I mirror or no I mirror? I've used both in the past. Yeah. I don't use one now. Interesting. Okay, um, we'll dig into that more, Lee. <laughs> I mirror or no I mirror? Personally, or in my opinion for the industry, Oh, that's a good question. Let's go for let's go for. Do you use it? And then you never used one. Okay. Um, why? I, I don't know. I've never used one. Um, I think the benefit of never using one is you become better at observing 
the pupil because there's more to the to watching them than than just the eyes. Um, for the industry, I don't know because I think it's um, that's what that works for me. Um, <clears throat> I think if an eye mirror works for someone um, and it's not an issue for them, then then I you know that, not that I should have an issue, but I haven't got an issue. Um, if it works for someone, then I, I, I'm just you know I I don't think you can be um a coaching mind if you're not open to somebody using something that works for them um it doesn't bother me but it's never i've never used one of um um and and that's kind of worked for me this is far too diplomatic it never goes like this on facebook and uh, i'm sorry i am quite diplomatic um, i as I, I first started off in fact my trainer had one Okay, um, and he told me the benefits of it. I didn't have one to start with, and then I got one, but I found I was never using it. Mm. <clears throat> um, or, or if I was, it was oh, I've got an eye mirror. Oh, yeah, I better use that. Yeah, because I train myself to watch. Um, now, like Lee said, you know, there's more to watching the eyes, a hell of a lot more to watching the eyes. But in that eye mirror, can you actually see their eyes all the time? I couldn't. That's probably why I wasn't using it. So you need to move it. Yeah, yeah. But also, <laughs> um, <clears throat> if you are using it, it's good to go back at times to not using it. Yeah, to going back to basics. Um, yeah, I. What one of the things that from my past that I did, and people are going to slate me for this. I'm an ex-football referee, so. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't, I haven't had my jaw broken and ended up in a Turkish hospital, though, so. Um, but Yet. Yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, when when we were running the line on, on and it's a semi-pro football we're talking about, and reserve, you know, reserve team football, um, football league reserve team and stuff like that, at that level, you've got to be on the ball. You train yourself to, to split your vision. Yeah, so you're watching the ball and watching the second last defender. The guys that are mic'd up do it differently. So the opposite assistant is telling them, ball's been kicked now. So you, you don't even watch the ball. It's te telling you when the ball's been kicked, so you're watching it. But we haven't got the mic, so we're watching and splitting our vision. And if you think about that, that's what we're doing in the car. Yeah. Um, so I, I was lucky that I was already doing that on a Tuesday night a Wednesday night, a Saturday. Um, and so I could bring that into it. That's my transferable skill. And I found that quite easy to do. So when I got that eye mirror, it was, yeah, it's there, but I've wasted some money on it. Um, but, you know, for those that, that have got them, and when I said, go back to basics, take it down, go back to basics. And I said this to somebody the other week and, and they messaged me and said, I've done it. I've taken my eye mirror down. It's God, so much better. Yeah, and then it, again, it, I'm going to relate this back to the football. So I used to have what's called buzzer flags. So as a referee, instead of um, my assistant just sticking the flag up and waving it, it buzzed me. So I didn't even need to look at him. Buzz, oh, yeah, <clears throat> offside, whatever. But every now and again, when I was on a game a bit lower level uh, that I wasn't getting assessed on, my buzzer flags wouldn't come out. We're on normal flags today, lads just in case 
my buzzer flags went down, you know, on a, on a game, then I was still in tune with looking across. Yeah. So every, every now and again, every five, six games, the normal flags would come out and that's me going back to basics, you know, just, um, you know, re sort of resetting myself. And that's the same with the eye mirror. You know, just take it down every now and again, take mm-hmm. it down, learn to watch them and then put it back up again. It's interesting that, yeah. and, and actually, I so I, I do use an eye mirror. Um, and all, I thought and, you were going to say you use buzzer flags. Then. I I did, I did use <laughs> buzzer flags as well, actually, when I refereed. Did you um, use me ref? Yeah, I used to. Yeah. Did you? Good. Yeah. Um, I, I love my little buzzer flags. Um, <laughs> um, but you, I, I, and actually, when you were saying about um, that transfer, like scanning on on the line, I was mm. I, I was relating to that and. I'd never ever, because I've always been quite good at like scanning the road and scanning the people. I never had an issue with that when when I trained, and I never thought maybe that's why because I was a referee mm. when, I, when I trained to be a driving instructor. So I, yeah, I never thought about the fact that 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 skill transferred. And it's interesting actually. I might go and try this. Take it because I've always used an eye mirror. I love my eye mirror, and I might go and take it down and see what happens. Oh, yeah. I suppose I've done mock tests without it. Like, yeah. so I do mock testing other people's cars mm. and, and it doesn't affect me. So I suppose from that, uh, but I wonder if I've just, I've got that foundation of looking anyway. And and that's my sort of kind of take on it. And I a hundred percent agree with you guys. If it doesn't work for you or it doesn't add anything to your training, then don't worry. Um, don't, you don't feel you need to get it. And if it's, if it's taking away from your training as well, absolutely take it down. If, if you're not also looking at the pupil, for me, it, it shouldn't necessarily be that binary, you use it or you don't use it. Right. It, it. I see it as a bonus tool, as in mm. I watch the pupil and this is a bonus tool. And mm. it's not actually to watch their eyes a little a little bit, but I don't overly use it for mirror checks. I don't use it for mirror checks. I, I think you see that better looking at the pupil. I use it for... Um, it's it's a lot easier in an eye mirror, I think, to spot a pupil looking at the floor and looking like when they're turning a, like a corner because you, you you see their eyes drop more than you do if you turn sideways. It, you, you can do it looking sideways, but I think it is easier to to be able to still watch the road because they're turning the corner. You don't want them to hit the curb and see those eyes drop at the same time. So I, I use it for that. But the main thing I use it for is their facial expressions because you get that like almost face on look. And seeing that you you see their emotions in their face Mm. that one yeah um that that's the real for the uh that's the that's the screen frame for the youtube one um but (laughs) so um i think that helps because it allows it gives me that opportunity to go oh something happened then in the in their mind and i can then ask that question of like what 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 were you thinking there i actually generally ask the question of like what was that face about? Um, oh. and, and and then you get a conversation. Um, and I do think you miss that a little bit with the side on like profile of a p- person. You don't get those emotions as much. That That's my sort of kind of sell for the <laughs> YouTube. Yeah. I feel like balance the argument out. I, I, I know where you're coming from. I, I, get, uh, I get that. But I, um, again, going back to my past, not refereeing the other past, um, facial expressions was a big part of one of the jobs that I did. Um, we did some training on facial expressions, so I can my facial expression recognition from the side is okay, is good. Mm. Um, I can see certain things from the side. Um, Body language as well, isn't it? Those well, yes, like, yeah, 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 yeah. We, yeah, you can yeah, tell. we did all, yeah, we did all that. Body like you know when you. 
um, when you can't speak the language, mm. um, you need everything to help you. So we were doing body language training and facial expressions and that sort of stuff. And um, got an interpreter asking questions. And when the, the when the terp is asking questions, the person is asking questions. So he's looking at the terp and not at me, but I've got a side on profile sometimes. So I need to know, you know, what is, you know, what his facial expressions are or his body language. And so that's another um, transferable skill that I've brought in um, to it, which is, um, and, and yeah, you, you get a lot from it, a hell of a lot from body language and facial expressions. And you can ask them questions and what was that look for? What was, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, talk to me about that face. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me more, just do that face again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So moving on then, guys. Um, so normally we move on to talk about the national standards for the driving ride trainers. Um, and not that you guys couldn't have talked about the final unit. I'm sure you would have done a, a wonderful job. But I, I hear you guys quite regularly talking about the GDE matrix. What's um, <laughs> that's normally the response you get when you talk <laughs> about it. Um, so actually, yeah, that is my first question, mate. What is it? Oh, um, I am I am absolutely rubbish with dates and years of when it came out. Two thousand. Um, Lee. Lee's good at the dates. I yeah. just I've got too many dates going in my head. What the one produced by Hataka et al. in two thousand and two from the yeah. gadget report in nineteen ninety nine. You see, derived from internal models of drive of, of the internal models of driving behavior um he's got it rolled down in front of him produced in 1980 and updated in 1996 is that literally half the listeners have all turned off now (laughs) (laughs) you see when when i saw you i thought he's going to come out with that because dates to me there's you know i know the year i'm born i know the year i joined the army i know the year i got out i know this year and that's about it (laughs) <laughs> what about the year you married Lee <laughs> I know what year I got I married remember. <laughs> I know what year my life was born my daughter, my daughter was 22 in uh, January so she'll be um, 2002 I had to work that way see <laughs> I had to talk quietly in case she's listening <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so what is it guys what is the goals for driver education matrix? Um, it's the result of uh, 30 years of research. It's the result of a theory going back 43, nearly 44 years. Um, it um, was proposed in the gadget report. Um, and that was 1999. And what it, basically is is a framework a comprehensive framework of four typically although there there are five levels that you can find but four that are a kind of accredited peer-reviewed and accepted um fifth is just really more of an extension of level four um and three columns so you've got the lower levels that the driving test assesses uh, level one being vehicle control. And you've got three columns, knowledge and skill, risk increasing factors and evaluation. Um, you've got level two, which is navigating through traffic, mastery of uh, road conditions. And then you've got the third level, which is all about context of journeys, um, 
and the same things context of journey knowledge and skills risk increasing factors context uh sorry uh, self-evaluation and then you've got level four which is all about the driver the person um goals for life skills for living um so knowledge and skill around their goals for life and have they got the skills to stay alive uh risk increasing factors to them and again evaluation of um of those things um, and what it was suggested is that all of these elements were necessary in order to create safer drivers. We must educate every single one of those um, 12 elements um, to produce safer drivers. And what we know is that the driving test focuses on four, which are the, the lower two levels and the first two columns um, with the evaluation coming from an examiner. And what we know is that instructor-led approaches focus on the same four um, and level three and level four. What we know about them, uh, that's where the risk-increasing factors and the key contributory factors in collisions tend to lie. So um, that's a brief overview of it. I'm I'm okay with brief overview. I'm not expecting to, like, an hour's course on. Oh, oh, <laughs> I just said that word for word as well. <laughs> <laughs> with so, the dates. I, I, I'm intrigued by this idea that you've got this that like the bottom four left in the corner um, is what we teach. And, and I was interested by you said in, an instructor led approach sort of leads towards that. Mm. I'd almost think even a client centered led approach could lead to that if the instructor mm -hmm. doesn't know the other stuff because you can be client-centered and deliver those four things mm. but you if you don't know it as an instructor those extra boxes you're not even in the client-centered approach you're not going to actually have those conversations because you don't know those conversations yourself if that makes sense i'm going yeah, to argue sure. that sorry i'm yeah, going to argue that you're probably going to address at least in some part six elements rather than four yeah because you're gonna so, with a client-centered approach yeah you're going to encourage some form of evaluation hmm. uh, whether that's self-evaluation or just evaluation of the task and that's going to create a safer driver even if they're just typically used to evaluating a piece of driving uh, how they've dealt with something, what they did well and what they'd need to do differently and how they'd improve it will create a safer driver but you're right that um that could be considered client-centered and would be i would argue that is client-centered but it still doesn't address context of journeys and the individual themselves it doesn't um so you absolutely spot on um the disappointing thing for me is dvsa um hold us back as an industry and hold us back as trainers from actually doing as much as we possibly could. And, and we do as much as we can, but we have to factor in that um, we have to prepare somebody to deliver to the audience that they're delivering to. And the audience that they're delivering to has, for some bizarre reason, if you look at a piece of research called Rue, and the final report was published in 2015, the standards were published in 2011. So Rue was published after. 
but you've got two options. You either believe that Seeker, who, who performed all this research that was published in 2015, looked at the DVSA's standards and thought, oh, they're really good. We'll copy them. Or you actually think, well, that's not going to happen. So DVSA looked at this research before it was published and cherry-picked what they wanted. Unit 6.3.3 of the national standards to coach. If you look at that, I've looked at that and I've always thought, that's very basic. And then if you look at um, Section 5 of Seeker, where, where you can find all of this, their unit around coaching includes human factors that cause collisions, developing drivers and education around, but you can also find within it, almost word for word, the elements of 6.3.3 um, of the national standards. So DVSA looked at that and thought it was a good idea to leave out things like attitude and approach, people's attitudes towards things, um, people's opinions, misgivings, and social groups and social norms, all of the things that we know impact on people's behavior. DVSA looks at that, and in my opinion, probably thought, we don't understand that. Yes, and yeah. so we don't understand it, so we can't assess around that. And what do you see? on a part three report or a standard check report, how often do you see anything that addresses unit, or sorry, level four of the GDE matrix? Mm. But then you've got level three, which is the context of the journey. How many driving instructors, pupils get nervous in the context of that journey when they're sat trying to perform for their instructor on their standards check or part three? how many times does that pupil go to pieces and why do I never see that mentioned in the comments section the pupil was nervous extremely nervous and anxious and you didn't help them to understand how those feelings and emotions impacted on that drive at the time because all you see is level one and level two <clears throat> that's all you see is fault yeah. pupil missed repeatedly mirrors not addressed not the pupil was nervous leading them to behave in a particular way and you didn't help them to understand how that impacted on the driving and how that can impact in the cause of collisions which by the way is uh, unit one of dvsa's syllabus almost word for word so it's in the syllabus they omitted it from the standards and the examiners don't seem to want to assess it so I, I think actually what you're getting at there is kind of why I asked the question about the instructor-led and client-centered led, because I think the that is the issue that you could do your training. You could even have good training to a certain extent mm -hmm. and go and you could get an A on your standards check and not at all mention the two higher levels of yes. the, mm -hmm. uh, the, the GDE matrix. And yeah, I think that's the issue that that's, Criminal. And I'm, I'm going to actually yeah. argue that, in my opinion, and I'm open to DVSA showing me um, statistics, showing me that I'm wrong, that the vast majority of, um, of instructors in this country that have got a grade A have attained a grade A without addressing any of the two higher levels of the GDE matrix. 
one hundred percent certain. Yeah, no, and and yeah, and I can see, I can picture that lesson in my head. Mm-hmm. And the reason they've got the A is because they've been hot on MSPSL and, yes. and limit points. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting. I um I went on uh, Terry's podcast and it, it, the six for sixty podcast that he does, and you had sixty seconds to answer a question. And one of the questions was, "What would you add to the standards check?" And and my question was, "Did the instructor?" I can't remember the exact wording, but basically, did the instructor use elements three and four of the GD yeah. in the lesson, if appropriate? Um, because it's not always appropriate. Like you don't necessarily want it. Yes, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, um, yeah. and. That, that would change the like, yeah, no. the industry adding that to the to the standards. I loved I think... that question that you put in. I, I listened to that. Um, there was there was a few um suggestions put in that I, that I liked, but that I was like, yeah, I really like that. It was a really good suggestion. There needs to be more human factors put into it. I mm. like all of the seventeen competencies, but that doesn't mean. That uh, that it addresses everything. It doesn't. That, that one thing on 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 a standard check because I think the the way the industry works and it may maybe it shouldn't be, but we, we well no, we definitely it shouldn't be. But we are test focused. We, yeah. We're driven by tests. Like mm-hmm. we're driving instructors across the country. Human beings are sat navs mm-hmm. before sat nav came on the test. How many of them taught bay parking if their test center didn't do bay parking? until they put them in all yeah. car parts. We are test-driven as an industry. And so if they did put that on the standards check, every instructor would be going, oh, my God, I need to know about this because I'm going to get screwed over on my standards check. And and that's, that's the thing we, we alluded to at the beginning and when you said that we we talk about the GDE. A lot of, a lot of PDIs, a lot of ADIs don't know about the GDE. They've never heard of it. Um, a lot of trainers don't mention it. And if we're not mentioning it, then it's not going to get mentioned on standard checks and part threes. If it does get mentioned on standard checks and part threes, then the DVSA might might then start looking at it. Um, but, you know, we've got to start doing it. On my, on my audit inspection, um, I role-played two pupils that were nervous one was nervous. In fact, no, they were both nervous about different things. And my PDI spoke to me about it and discussed it and came up with the reason why I was nervous and what I could do about it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that was on an audit inspection. So, you know, you, you can do it, but people don't understand it and they don't know it. And it's the same with the standards, really. A lot of people don't know the standards. That, um you know, the, the amount of people that we speak to, we, every time we, and we're in Manchester on, on Friday, not plugging because this is going, when's this going out? <laughs> when? Next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Yeah. yeah, we're in Manchester this Friday, so that's too late. But in January, we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're in Truro, <laughs> Plymouth and Glastonbury. <laughs> but, <laughs> oh. Truro, Plymouth and Glastonbury, that sounds like some sort of musical tour that, <laughs> that's does, ended in Glastonbury. Yeah. Yeah. Headlining on the main stage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come and see us headlining. But we we always mention we always ask him if any, if anyone's heard of it, the GDE. We also ask if anyone's heard of the ADI one national standards. And the hands that go up 
are um, are limited, aren't they, Lee? Yeah, it's um, it's typically ninety percent don't know yeah. of yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so um, and and actually a lot of um, you know, a higher percentage of those that have a, a PDIs. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's not a bad thing at all. No, that's, yeah, yeah. That's I've good. I've um I only know of one ADI examiner that's mentioned the GDE the higher levels of the GDE in a um, uh, part three debrief. Mm. I was sat in the back Sad. of the car and he actually mentioned it. And he turned around to me and he said, Mick, have you got anything to add? I went, yeah, I have. Well done for mentioning the higher levels of the GDE. He went, what do you mean? I said, well, that's the first time I've heard an examiner mention it. And he went, oh, no, no, I know it. I know the, and he's an ex-instructor. Um, and then he went Cardington and you know trained ADI examiners, et cetera, et cetera. And all. So yeah, beat, and he, he's beat it out of him. Yeah, and, and he actually turned around and said, you know, when I've trained ADI uh, examiners, I've I, I talk about the GDE to them and I discuss it with them. So if he's doing it, are the others doing it? Or is it sort of lip service has been paid to it oh the gda yeah the gda yeah we'll just i don't understand i don't understand that because it's a it's a black and white box and that when the first time i came across it and i spoke to people before about this when it first came out sort of thing it was black and white text and when i look at something like that i go boring yeah my eyes go doubly when i see that yeah 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 totally but you had color to that different colours and it brings it out. Um even images would be lovely actually. You can yeah. do it with images. We've done we've done images, haven't we, Leon? On one of our presentations we've done Yeah, we have here yeah, actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but you had a bit yeah. of colour to it and, and you can see it then. You know, and, and we've done that and others have done that. And it and it makes it stand out and you can I can read it better then. So you know and, and therefore others will be able to read it as well. Um but yeah they just it's it's not it's not something that is common and it's the same as the standards. Um, a, a funny thing with the standards, I mentioned all further about the our local association. Well, the, the last meeting I, I ran for was at uh, the AGM and I actually had our local ADI examiner down, the area manager, and the national manager was there at the time as well, who was in the area. So the area manager dragged him in. So there's four of us sat at the table answering these questions. Um, and the, the national manager asked everybody in the room, 40 people in that room, who's read or seen or heard of the national standards? Four people put their hands up out of 40. In that room, there was a audit registered trainer from a national company who turned around and who didn't put their hand up, who turned around and said, they don't need to know that. They just need to listen to what we say and they'll pass. Unreal. Yeah, No, no, they do need that. They do need to know what the standards say. They do need to know what the ADI1 says. They do need to understand the GDE matrix. Not listen to and, and say what we say. That's parrot fashion. They're not going to learn from that. You've yeah. got to use these uh, these elements and the, these publications that are out there to help you. Um, yeah. So, 
Okay, I think we're depressing the entire title. <laughs> um, we can still brighten that up, mate. <laughs> let, let, let's move on to my utopia world where there is it is on the standards check. Or And actually, to be fair, I think most people listening to a podcast like this probably either want to know about it if they didn't or already do because they're, they're doing CPD. Generally, someone who listens to a, an instructor podcast probably regularly does CPD. Mm. So let's say they want to know or they don't know or they don't know how to implement it. What would you say to those instructors about, like, how do, how do we go and do it? How do we go and put it in the car? It's all good and well knowing the this little box set of boxes. How do they implement it in the car? So we give, um, we give um, a kind of a, a model, a guideline of implementing it from um, <clears throat> lesson one, moving off and stopping and going forwards with it. And um, it isn't really a massive shift on what you do. It's just including into um, the learning and the conversations, the elements that we typically miss. Um, We talk about learning domains, psychomotor, cognitive, and effective. And typically um, driving instructors and level one is just, it's all around... um, knowledge and skill so the skill and developing the skill and the knowledge required to develop the skill but it misses the elements that um that motivate behavior what motivates people's behavior is the thought processes their opinions their attitudes and their emotions so we give a um, like a, a simple guideline which goes along the lines of lesson one, you still do moving off and stopping with the pupil. Only once they've had a go, of course you ask them how it went, and that's your psychomotor learning domain. And maybe it went really well. And so um, you ask them what they did well, but then you ask them what the thought processes were. So now you're going into the cognitive learning domain, you're going into the person, and you're asking them what they focused on. Uh, maybe the, the the answer there that I was really thinking about that clutch and holding it at the middle because you'd said that that's what I needed to do and I didn't know I needed to do that. So I really focused on that. Um, and then you link that. So you were thinking about that, you were focusing on that, and how did it go? Yeah, yeah, it went really well, actually, nice and smooth. How are you feeling? Oh, I thought I'd be really nervous. Um, I thought I'd get really nervous, but once I got going, I I, I really enjoyed it, actually. It was good. I liked it. Yeah, and you liked it, you enjoyed it, and it, it went well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, they do that three or four times, and same questions. And maybe on one of the attempts, doesn't go so well. Same questions. So how did that one go? Psychomotor. Yeah, not very well. When you say not very well, what do you mean? Uh, well, I stalled it. Okay. And um, can you tell me what you were thinking about at the time as you were about to set off? Yeah, I saw that car behind me reversing off the driveway. I think I was thinking too much about that. Okay, what were you focusing on? Uh, focusing on them. Okay. And because you weren't focusing on the clutch, it didn't go so well this time. So now they're starting to learn about focus and how much focus is required when they're driving, where the thought processes need to be. I had negative thoughts. It didn't go so well. How did you feel oh, when I saw that car got really nervous, panicked? what happened next? I rushed it. How did that go? 
stalled it. You take that lesson five, maybe you're coming into traffic light junctions for the first time. Check the mirror, they notice a car behind them pretty close. You can see their eyes on the mirror, they go into the junction. The lights change, they go to set off, they rush it, they stall. You get them out the junction, you pull up. What were you thinking about as you approached the junction? I'd noticed that driver behind me, it looked like uh, he was really angry with me. He looked like he hated me. Okay. When you got into the junction, what were you focusing on? I was focusing on him. How did you feel? Got really nervous. What happened next? I panicked again. And then what? I rushed it and stalled. And then push that forward 10 lessons and they'll start to be coming into a junction telling you. Now, this is level four of the GDE. This is how I'm feeling, how I react when I feel a particular way. So when I get nervous and, and I start to panic, I start to rush. That's what I do. That's who I am as a person. And then this is all brought about by level three, the context of this particular journey, i.e. this driver that's behind me and how that's impacting on me as a driver. And now that then impacts on level two, which is what I'm doing in traffic and how I'm controlling the vehicle, which is level one in that traffic. And that's what we call, I don't think we've mentioned it before, though, a top-down No, but Phil we... mentioned it, didn't he? Oh, uh, yeah, we never mention it on the workshops either, do we? Um, so... Top-down approach. And that's what we call a top-down yeah. approach because whilst you still, the, 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 the physical elements of the, the lesson a less a level one you're still taking it from a what impacted on what you did level four what changed in the context of that journey the car reversing off the drive what impact did that have on you as the person and what happened next and if you take that through far enough people just start to figure things out for themselves and it then becomes a long-term fix as well rather than a short-term fix of you stole the car because you brought your clutch up too quick to bring it up slower Short term, it'll keep happening, keep happening, keep happening. Because they don't realise it. They don't realise the real reason. Yeah. It's also like a global effect, effect as well. In mm. the, that it's, it, it fixes that that issue across several places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's cause yeah. and effect. You know, yeah. if, you, if you fix the effects, then it'll work at that time. But if you deal with the cause, that will... Yeah, that will affect you know it's the cause of everything you know yeah. that emotional response and that panic is the cause of many many different issues in many situations as opposed to just fixing a junction so um <clears throat> so yeah that's that's one of the things we look at with it and then we we, we have other things with it that we cover on the gd as well um you know things like in fact there's some videos and there'll be some more videos on our subscription site as well that cover the gd matrix in more detail as well um, so people can can get it from there, as well as you know, coming as soon as in person. So, while while you're mentioning that, um, as <laughs> as we're gonna get it, that wasn't a plug, by the way. It's fine. I'm I'm, I'm about to get to that point anyway. Are so, you running a bath, <laughs> Mick? <laughs> Am I what? Oh, I wonder, what, I wonder what you're running about. Then. Am I running, no, I have showers, mate. <laughs> so, uh, not in Manchester. I don't have outside baths anymore. Not like you. <laughs> I always, I always ask my uh, guests <laughs> to leave everyone with a top tip for ADIs and PDIs, mm. and I tend to never warn you. It depends why you've both given me that face. Um, <laughs> but before you do give us that top tip, do you want to tell everyone um, where they can find you, what you've got coming up? Yeah. Uh, so um, 
our website is really simple adikit.co.uk if you go to the website on there there is all everything that we do um, including the shop where you can buy stuff um, so we've got various in-person courses in-car courses one-to-one uh, training in-car loads of different um, online um, workshops and there'll be more going, going up um, in the next few days once we come up with some dates for the new year for for online stuff um ebooks and then there's our video subscription so there's a, a a tab on there where you can go to that and that'll link you into where you can sign up for the video subscription um and there's videos being put up there um all the time i've got one that's going out tonight um at some point i think it is uh, and we'll be adding more and more on and that's uh that's doing really well at the moment um, and then you can also find us on Facebook as well. We, we, we're on Facebook now and again. We've got a few different pages and groups and we admin a few groups. And yeah, we spend about five minutes a night on Facebook. I've seen, I've seen you post, <laughs> post on occasion, post on there occasionally. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if anything, you could, you could post more. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, um so yeah, who wants to go first? Uh, maybe we'll go for Lee first because he had time to think about his top tip while you were you were telling everyone where to find us. So what, what's your top tip, Lee? Um, my top tip is remember that you are teaching human beings, not robots. We're teaching human beings to drive. What that means is that um, they will bring with them a lifetime of experience, of opinion, <clears throat> they've been seeing things from the age of six or they've been seeing things from the age of whatever, but they've been forming um, um, pictures in the brain from about the age of six and forming opinions from about the age of 12. So uh, by the time they get to us, it's important that we recognize that they're not an empty vessel, that they come to us with their own opinions and we will not be seen as some sort of um, ambassador for driving in their minds. We're there to do a particular job. Um, so, yeah, just just bear in mind that we, we're dealing with human beings. Human beings have limitations. Human beings aren't designed to drive vehicles. Um, and our role really is to help them to understand what they are to driving and what driving is to them. They're also, not only are they a human being in the car, but they're, they're, they're exactly the same person outside of the car. So if they're having issues being a person driving a car, they will have had those exact same issues in the car, sorry, outside of the car in life. And if you get them to think about situations where they have coped with the, themselves when they felt the same way, outside of the car, there's a very good chance that they've had to deal with it because they have to deal with themselves every single day of the life. So take them outside of the vehicle, <clears throat> ask them to consider what they do in life when they feel a particular way. You know, um, I had a pupil who um, tried to leg it out of a junction, not physically, but in the car, because when she panics, she, she wants to run away. Um, and what she didn't do, because she tried to do that in a car and had to stop her from crashing, what she didn't do was run out of the school assembly 
when she had to read a poem out, but she felt exactly the same way. And she didn't because she would have looked really stupid in front of everyone, and then she would have had to face everyone afterwards. And she hadn't considered the consequences of what she was about to do in the car, but she coped with herself. She deals with herself in life. And so when they have that, that's a light bulb moment. You know, when they when they think that through in the mind and they go, suddenly they realize, actually, I can deal with this. I just haven't chosen to. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic tip um, for, for, for everyone. Um, yeah. No, I love that. Mick, follow that. <laughs> so just something to add, first of all, to add on to that, getting out of the car bit. Um, we find a lot of PDIs struggle with that conversation, especially when you're role-playing, okay? Um, and I just said to one of mine the other week about, get out of this car. Just imagine you're out of the car. What would you say to me then? And bang, it just came. Yeah, so, you know, take him out of that car, get out of that context. But my my, my <laughs> tip would be, um, it took me ages to think, because I listened to Lee then, Um for PDIs and, and ADIs doing the standards check, okay, concentrate on the learner. Don't concentrate on what you want to do. Concentrate on the learner and what that person needs. Don't concentrate on the person sat in the back, yeah? Concentrate on the person that's driving the car and what they actually need, okay? It's not a tick box exercise. If you're concentrating on what you need to do or you concentrate on what on that person in the back, then you're making it into a tick box exercise that everyone says it is and it's not. Concentrate on that learner and do what deal with what they need at that time. And if it needs changing, change it. But that's it. Be ready to change. And and if you if you are struggling, get some training. Don't leave it until a week before your third attempt. Get some training. If you've had training and you failed, get some more training, different training from somebody else or different style, yeah? Get get someone to sit in the amount of PDIs that we see that have never had the lesson observed. It's unreal. Get somebody to come and sit in and observe your lesson, give you some training. It's going to cost you, but it'll cost you even more if you fail. Yeah. So, I, I, I That bit at the end there, I, I find fascinating the amount of people that go to a, a part three and the first person that's watched one of their lessons yeah. is the examiner we, yeah. we actually had somebody who was and this is this just blew my mind that was that was worse than that so this person was going for their part three and they'd never taught a real pupil they'd only done role play and so their first time teaching a real pupil Ooh, is going to be their part three but that, that's what we used to do though well sometimes. we used to we used to do a role play less like yeah. test though didn't we yeah and then go, oh, go, now go off and do real. <laughs> yeah. I, I did a part, I did my, I forgot about this. I did my first part three. First, I had two. Um, I did my first part three um, straight after my 40 hours. Um, I I um, I was unsuccessful because mm. I, I it, this is, people who listen to this might not realise, but the old style, when it was role play, it was split into two parts. So the first part was was one and one PST, and then you'd have the other bit after. And I, I finished the first bit, and I thought, oh, I've messed that up. So I switched off. <laughs> I hadn't messed it up. I passed. <laughs> because I switched off, I messed the second one up. So then I thought, right, I'm going to go on to, on, on to the trainee licence then. Um, so I went on the trainee licence and, 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 then, and then 
did that. But but yeah, to do no, no, the first time, no, you've got to you've got to have somebody, you've got to have a, le- a learner, you know, be teaching, and you've got to have somebody sat in the back and observing yeah. lessons. You've got to do it. Um, so I think actually that I would link that to your to, to your tip in 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 if you are only doing role play sessions go find some training that that doesn't involve it will ask your trainer because they might be willing to change um or uh, and then if not go find someone who will sit in the back and observe lessons and support you in those lessons Mm. yeah yeah just watch you and tell you your crap yeah exactly yeah but it's going to cost you to do that and and and, and a lot of people think that you know i I put a post up today about it where people think that oh i'll get that yeah but then when they find the price oh no i don't want that well it's gonna cost you it's gonna cost you to get somebody sat in the back of the car, especially if you're traveling, especially you know, like the likes of us two. Yeah. Um, got years of experience of training, we want to do that. So yeah, get but there's loads. I, I get my PDIs to I, I put me in touch with a couple of my ADIs. Um, and they they will go off and they will observe my ADIs giving lessons. And then one of my ADIs will turn around and say, Okay, you're you're in the front. You're taking them home, yeah, and they and they'll you know like like what you do, yeah. Um, when you're sat in the back in your car, the ADI will sit in the back and, and let the PDI um, uh, instruct them back to back to their house or wherever they're finishing. And it just gives them that sense of um, realization, really, doesn't it? Of, of what's what's what they're gonna come across. Right, I think we'll wrap it up there before we moan about the industry anymore. Um, we haven't started yet, moaning, have we? <laughs> um, so, that, yeah, seriously, guys, thank you for coming on. Thank you for spending your time um, and um, sharing your wisdom with us. Um, it's been fantastic. I've found it interesting, so I, I assume people listening will Let's do. hope so. <laughs> yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, thanks, Phil. <clears throat> Cheers, thanks Phil. Thank you very much. Inspire Instructor Podcast, where the learning never stops.